0: Convicted and Convinced. A message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard.
1: As we continue the sermon series titled, The Lord is Our Helper, today we're going to focus on the consoling truth that as our helper, he answers, our questions. The Scripture foundation for this sermon series is found in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. What well, God has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, underscore, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Don't raise your hands, but is there anyone else besides me who has ever come to a time or to a place when you just did not know what to do? You didn't raise your hands, but some of you are shaking your heads and smiling. In Luke chapter 3, there is the record of three groups of people who came to John the Baptist. And each of these three groups asked the very same question, even though each group had its own distinct need, and John responded to their questions in answering that need. Verse number 10 of Luke 3, And the people asked John, saying, What shall we do then? Verse 12, then came also publicans to be baptized and said to John, Master, what shall we do? Verse 14, and the soldiers also likewise demanded of John, saying, and what shall we do? Can you identify with this question? What shall I do? I cannot tell you how many times in my 70-plus years that I have asked that question. I've asked it of God. I've asked it of myself. I've asked it of others. What shall I do? And I have found that the best answer to that question for me what shall I do, is found in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Why should you and I look unto Jesus? We should look unto Jesus because He is our helper. And it is dangerous turn our eyes away from our Helper. We need to concentrate on Him moment by moment. And when you and I don't know what to do, we must maintain an uninterrupted contact with Jesus because only Jesus, as the song says, can satisfy our soul. And Jesus through the power of His sweet Spirit is able to strengthen us as we await the answers to our questions. So again I ask, why should we look unto Jesus? We should look unto Jesus because as is stated in this verse, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And this faith that is mentioned here is the kind of faith that should be an active principle in our lives. An active principle when we know what to do, and an active principle when we don't know what to do. And so, based on this, what are some of the active aspects of our faith that would allow the Lord to be our helper to answer our questions? In the session today, we're going to look at four things to do so that indeed God can be our helper so that He can provide the answers to our questions. Four things that will assist us to allow the Lord to provide the answers when we don't know what to do. And I personally can testify that these four things have aided me over and over and over again to discover answers for questions that win my mind and heart. First of all, When we don't know what to do, we must be prayerful. Whether we will admit it or not, some of us fail to pray as we should. You see, it's possible to become so engulfed in trying to decide what to do that we actually fail to ask God to give us insights and direction. We fail to ask God to provide the guidance that's needed for us. I believe with all of my mind and all of my heart that life and living would be much less anxious when we don't know what to do if we would try praying first. May I repeat that? Maybe not for your benefit. But as a reminder to myself, life and living would be much less anxious about not knowing what to do if we would just try praying first. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. The apostle was inspired to write to the church then And God's Spirit is saying to the church today, be careful, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. If you and I are to come to a right decision, we must ask God. If you and I are going to come to a right decision, then we must listen to God. If you and I are going to come to a right decision, not only must we ask God and listen to God, we must also obey God. There is a good illustration of this in Acts chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. Now, before I read these verses, I want to set the scene for us as a reminder. Saul of Tarsus is an enemy of the church. He is causing great havoc as he's actually going into homes and and dragging people out who believe in Jesus Christ and casting them into prisons. He's on his way down to Damascus, and as he is journeying there, I began picking up reading and Saul, who was later renamed Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, underscore, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city. And it shall be told thee what thou must do. And Saul arose and from the earth, and the men which journeyed with him led him by the hand. You see, he was blind, and brought him into Damascus. Did you notice that he asked, "Lord, what should I do?" Not only did he ask, he also listened. As the Lord said, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. He not only asked, he not only listened, but then he obeyed. He rose from the earth and allowed himself to be led into Damascus, and there he received the answer to his question. My brothers and sisters, when you and I do not know what to do, we must practice First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Three powerful words. Pray. How? Without ceasing. May I say it again? When you and I don't know what to do, we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to lay hold to the horns of the altar. We need to pray without ceasing. Also, when we don't know what to pray, it's very important. uh, Don't know what to do. It's also important to realize that not only must we pray, we must also praise Look at the very next verse. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. In everything, give thanks. When we know what to do, give thanks. When we don't know what to do, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and me. When you and I have questions and we don't know what to do, we need to ask our helper for the answer. And then we need to praise him in advance for his response. Secondly, when we don't know what to do, We must be patient. When we don't know what to do, too often, we are tempted to make rash decisions. When we don't know what to do, too often, we are prone to rush into actions that can bring regret and disappointment, not only in our own lives but also in the lives of family members and friends. Now again, don't raise your hands, but is there anyone else besides me who has traveled this path? You see, it would do us well when we don't know what to do to often read Hebrews chapter 10 verses 35 and 36. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. And as if someone were about to ask, well, will you explain that a little clearer? Why? The response comes, for you have need, Danny Gerard, of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Did you notice that patience is linked with doing the will of God? Did you notice that patience is linked with receiving the promise? Oh, well, my friends, when you and I don't know what to do, when we are unsure of what steps to take, we must exercise patience. You see, we cannot afford to act, and we cannot afford to react impulsively. In fact, I believe with all of my mind and all of my heart that it would be best for us to delay making important decisions that could change the direction of our lives to exercise more patience. You see, we must make sure we are waiting on God's timetable. The practical apostle James expressed it like this. In James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh or produces patience. But let patience Have her perfect work. And again, as if someone were about to ask the question, well, why is it so important, imperative that we be patient? The response echoes that you may be perfect. Don't raise your hands, but is there anybody else here besides me that wants to be perfect in Jesus? We all do, don't we? He says that you may be perfect and entire. Again, don't raise your hands, but is there anybody else here besides me that wants to be entire in Jesus? And then he says, wanting how much? Nothing. What's he saying? He's saying all of your needs will be met. All of your answers will come forth to the questions that are plaguing your mind and your heart. I'm convicted and convinced that a part of our philosophy for life and living should be the words of Jesus recorded in Luke chapter 21 and verse 19. Listen to what flowed from the gracious lips of our Savior. In your patience possess ye your souls. Now, what's the flip side of that? The flip side of that is if we are not patient, we might lose our souls. And God wants you and God wants me to be secure, amen? And so we need to have anchored deep in our intellects and driven deep into our emotions. Will it work? Absolutely. A verse of scripture that many of you could quote from memory, Isaiah 40 and verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with the wings as eagles. But they that wait upon the Lord shall run and not be weary. They that wait upon the Lord shall walk and not faint. Oh, my friends, when you and I have questions and we don't know what to do, we need to ask our helper for the answers, praise him in advance for the responses, and then wait patiently for those responses that he will send in accordance with his time and his way. Thirdly, when we don't know what to do, we must be positive. I've discovered that not knowing what to do can produce discouragement in our lives. I've also discovered that not knowing what to do can also bring self-pity into our living. You and I, as born again, blood-bought, spirit-filled, heaven-bound sons and daughters of God must always maintain an optimistic look of faith. The pessimist looks at the glass and says what? It's half empty. The optimist looks at the same glass and says what? It's half full. Now listen to me carefully. How you and I face not knowing what to do is very important. May I repeat that? if not for your benefit, for mine. How you and I face not knowing what to do is very important because we have the choice of either facing not knowing what to do in a pessimistic manner or in an optimistic way. We must believe that God is still on His throne. And we must believe that God is still able to furnish direction for our lives. And when we are traveling through the valley of not knowing what to do, it would do us well to read Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 as often as possible. Finally, brethren, finally, sisters, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Would you agree with me that these are positive elements? Oh, my friends, when you and I have questions And we don't know what to do. We need to ask our helper for the answer. We need to praise him in advance for the response. We need to wait patiently for the response that he will give in accordance with his word, his will, and his way. And as we do so, we must maintain a mindset that is positive positive in the Lord because this process will promote confidence finally when you and I don't know what to do we must be productive now follow me very closely when we don't know what to do we must be prayerful when we don't know what to do we must be patient When we don't know what to do, we must be positive. But at the same time, we must not sit with folded arms and idle the time away. There is a Spanish proverb that I read a number of years ago that had a tremendous impact on my life and living. And I want to share it with you. The secret of patience is doing something else in the meantime. I like that. May I repeat it? The secret of patience is doing something else in the meantime. In closing, I want to take us to an Old Testament passage, but before I read that passage, I want to remind us of the context. Moses is appearing before Pharaoh. Nine plagues have already taken place. Devastating plagues upon the peoples of Egypt. Pharaoh calls Moses into his audience, and he tells Moses to leave. He gives Moses permission to go from the land of Egypt And to serve the Lord. But he hooks a condition to it. He says, Moses, you and the people can go. But you must leave the flocks and the herds behind here in Egypt. Now, let's read Exodus chapter 10, verses 25 and 26. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind, for thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God. And underscore this next phrase. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. May I repeat that last statement in verse 26? We know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. Now, what was Moses saying? Moses was saying that there were some questions as to what and how certain things should develop. Moses was saying that they did not know exactly what they were to do. Now again, follow me very closely. Despite the questions, despite not knowing exactly what they were to do, they were not going to do nothing Are you listening to me? They were going to be productive. They were going to do something in the meantime. They might not know what. They might not understand how they were to serve the Lord until they left Egypt but they were going to take the herds with them so they could be prepared for the answers God would give. Some of you may be asking at this very moment, what shall I do? What do I do next in my life and in my living In 2000, Rebecca and I were providing pastoral service in Ogden, Texas. We had been there. We were going into our seventh year. And the Lord impressed us that it was time to leave Ogden. We'd had a very fruitful ministry there. We were enjoying it. I didn't know where we were to go. God had not specified any particular area. And so I did something that's unheard of in the Seventy Adventist Church. I contacted our conference president after I talked to our Board of Elders and to the church board, and I turned in a letter of resignation. This was in the late spring of 2000, and my last Sabbath was to be the end of August. I wanted to give the conference and the church time to find a replacement and for the transition to be smooth. Well, the conference president wasn't too happy. But I knew that God was leading, but there were questions. How God was going to answer this burden that I sensed in my mind and in my heart. We had two camp meetings in Nevada, Utah conference, and I had to go to both of them because I was in charge of the audiovisual ministry. And uh, at the first camp meeting, other pastors started coming up to me, Dan. Where are you going? And I said, I don't know. You mean you resigned? your pulpit and you don't know where you're going that's right about a month later went to the second camp meeting and other pastors from that area started coming up asking Dan what are you going to do I don't know I just know that God is leading we prayed oh how we prayed we stayed positive we were patient we remained productive I continued in ministry two weeks before the time was up I received a call to go to New Jersey to pastor my brothers and sisters we have questions But I will guarantee you, if you will follow these four principles, the answers will come. Some of you may be struggling, you don't know what to do. There may be questions in your mind and in your heart about your financial situation. Some of you may have questions about your health. Some of you may have questions about your job or your employment. Some of you may have questions about your schooling. Some of you may have questions about dating and and marriage. Some of you may have questions about where you are to live. On and on and on, the list could go. My brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, because he wants to be our helper. And if we will allow him the privilege and opportunity, he will send the answers. Father, Thank you for never being late. Thank you, Lord, for being concerned about every question we have.
0: Dr. Dan Girard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org or at live stream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.